On this episode of The Mompreneur Show, I'm talking with Anjali Varma. She's a wife, a mama of two adorable boys, and a business coach for female entrepreneurs. She is the owner of Kidville Bethesda, a children's franchise in Bethesda, Maryland. She also serves as a resource to connect, inspire, and educate mom entrepreneurs through her local meetups, Facebook groups, blog, and YouTube channel, which you should absolutely check out. And today, we're going to be talking about all that. How does she do it all? We'll talk about how she acquired the franchise, how to position yourself as an online brand, and how to get on TV, which is I'm so curious about because Anjali has been doing that so well. Um, she's been all over TV networks, and who to better to learn from? I'm your host, Vicky Lashenko, and this is the show that helps you win in business without losing at home. But before we get into the show, I would like to thank two wonderful companies for helping make this show possible, and one of them is Made On. It's an all-natural brand of skincare, chapstick, and hard lotion. It's run by a husband and wife team over in Northern California. Uh, they have nine children, and so this business solely supports their family, which is so incredible. Um, I highly encourage you to go check out their products because they have hard lotion, chapsticks, like I said, they have creams for babies. Um, it's really wide range of products, all natural and as little as three ingredients. Pretty amazing. Uh, head on over to hardlotion.com and when you pick the items that you want, put them in your cart and when you put the code Vicky. And as a coupon code, you'll get $5 off. So there's no minimum. You can even choose a $5 product or $7 product and get your $5 off by putting in the code Vicky, V-I-C-K-Y, and Audible. It's an incredible company that hosts hundreds of thousands of audiobooks that you can listen to in the car, on the go, while washing the dishes. I... Um, and by the way, I always used to say while painting and I stopped saying that because it's really, really embarrassing because I am still painting. So get a free book and a free 30 day trial by signing up at audible.com forward slash Vicky. So when you sign up at audible.com forward slash Vicky, you will get a free 30 day trial along with a free book. So any book that you want, you have been dying to read. Well, now you can listen to it, which is pretty amazing. So thank you again so much for being here. Let's get into the show. Anjali, welcome to the show, sweetheart. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Okay, so as I've mentioned in the intro, I've been following you for a while and I am so inspired by you and everything that you're doing. And I'm, it's such an honor to have you here, hon. Oh, thank you. I'm so excited. I feel like we have this mutual respect in this social media world. And so it's amazing to be connecting. Oh, absolutely. I, I completely agree. And we're in the same space serving mom entrepreneurs or f female entrepreneurs. Um, but I feel like you took it a step further. You're not only serving mom entrepreneurs. You're not only building an online brand, an incredible online brand. You're not only hosting in-person meetups because those things are hard. Like I've done that in Portland for about a year, almost a year. And there was a lot of hard work, a lot of commitment. And so the fact that you're doing this and you've been doing this for years is incredible. Um, and then you also own a franchise. Okay. So that's a lot. So let's, 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 um, talk about your journey, maybe go way back. And how did you start your entrepreneurial journey? Sure. So I, uh, 
graduated from business school, NYU, a a while back. Um, And so even when I went to graduate business school, I kind of always had the idea that I had this entrepreneurial bug. Um, But I did the corporate marketing route for a while for American Express. I did sales and marketing for them, um, which was amazing training ground, um, you know, outside of just business school to kind of learn the fundamentals of marketing. Uh, And then once I... um, had had a two-year-old. I was working from home. I was lucky enough to be able to work from home with Amex, but I just had the itch to kind of do something different. Uh, And so I started exploring business ownership, but I didn't have my own big, bright idea at the time. And so that's why I decided to go the franchise route um, because I wanted to be able to operate a business um, and leverage kind of something that was already out there and then make it my own. That's amazing. So how old were your kids? uh, How old were your kids when you started that? So I had a two-year-old um, and pretty much signed my franchise agreement and and um, found out I was pregnant. So I basically birthed my two kids, you know, my my business and my second kid. Um, my my son, Nyan, was born in February and I opened the doors of Kidville in May. Wow. So it was a very, very crazy year. <laughs> and wow. that was seven years ago. So now I've had that franchise for seven years. That is incredible. And I'm curious why you went into that specific industry. Was it because um, it would be great to bring your kids to work or how? how yeah, so I looked, like? I went through the franchise route and I did look at a couple of different industries. Clearly, I, I was gravitated, you know, I gravitated towards kids um, because of where I was in my life. Um, mm. But also there were other things like the, I just thought the brand was so impressive. It was very new. So I could kind of start from the ground up with them. Um, and also the hours of operation. We are open seven days a week, but we close at six. So anything in food and or in health, you know, would require our doors mm. to be open way past, um, you know, in the evenings, which is hard as a mom. So, uh, and, you know, of course there's all the other perks of being able to have my children along. Um, I do have to say, I always tell prospective franchisees, like I still had a nanny because there's no way you can do it all, um, with your kids there. So they were able to be in and out, but, um, it's not like they were with me all the time at work. Mm, of course. Yeah. Yeah. I, I totally understand that. Okay. So you were in your, you were running your franchise. Um, when did you start building your own personal brand? Uh, so a couple years in, I started doing uh, some PR for Kidville, like on local TV. And, um, and then I, you know, started to realize I love doing the on camera stuff. And, um, and people started asking me, how do you do it? How do you get on TV? How do you build your brand? How do you market your business? And so I realized that, um, you know, there was an opportunity to start to help other mom entrepreneurs who were, you know, curious to be doing something similar or just, you know, wanted. And that's when I launched my meetups um, and started blogging and started my YouTube channel as well. Wow. That is so impressive. And I love that you met a need. That's all you did. Yes. You met a need and here you are building this beautiful empire for female (laughs) entrepreneurs. Yeah. I guess we could call it an empire. (laughs) I love that. So ladies who are watching, this is really a really good lesson. Whenever, if whatever you're doing, if you're cooking incredible meals for your family and everyone's always asking, what's the recipe for this? What's the recipe for that? If you're decorating your home and people are asking you, where did you get this? How did you put this together? That is an answer to a need. Like you are the answer to a need. And if one person is asking, 
there are so many more that will want your information. So, uh, Angelina. Absolutely. Absolutely. And Vicki, I also like to tell people when they're like, how do you come up with blog ideas? How do you blog? Or how do you come up with ideas for like your videos? Oftentimes it's the same thing. Someone has asked me a question and I'm answering the question. And, you know, so that's kind of a great tip for creating content as well. Exactly. I love that. I actually just the other day I was going through all the emails because all the emails that I get from from listeners like probably you who are watching right now, um, I put them in a separate folder and I just go through them sometimes. But I'm like, I really need to get my game on creating that content as far as like really just really short and sweet videos, kind of like what you're doing on YouTube and just answer to questions because I haven't been doing that. So there's only so many hours in the day. It's true. I agree. And I love that you said that. Uh, And, you know, we focus on what's important to us. And like a lot of times and like so many of mom entrepreneurs said on the show is that we want to do everything. We want to do this and that and, you know, everything. But there's no time for everything. And we just got to pick what's important to us. Absolutely. So, So, Anjali, um, by the way, your name is so beautiful. I always pronounce it differently every time. And when you came on and you told me like how you really pronounce it, it's even more beautiful. So, Oh, thank you. So t- can you tell me the process of getting a franchise, of starting one? What, like how, what, how long did it go from, and I think you already mentioned that, from like yeah. making that, um, that decision and then opening one up? the hiring process, do they really handhold you or do you, are you on your own most of the time? How does that work? So I would tell anybody who's kind of thinking about a franchise, you definitely want to do a lot of research about Mm -hmm. the franchisor um, and, you know, talk to perspective or to talk to franchisees um, because it really is important that you are with somebody who is going to provide you tools and resources because that's what you're paying for. Um, So I would say from when I, decided that I wanted to do this. And then, you know, the franchisor vets you, they have to vet your financials, they have to vet your expertise. Um, You know, they have to approve you just as much as you have to approve them. Mm -hmm. Um, But once I did, um, you know, find them and sign on the dotted line, it took me about a year to actually open my location. Wow. Um, Because the build out, it was a pretty complex project, finding a location, negotiating terms with the landlord, and then building out the space. Um, so maybe nine to 10 months, maybe not a full year, but it did take some time. Wow. And yeah. when you made this decision, how I'm, I'm curious, like what was going through your head? Like, is this like a long-term decision or is this something that you can um, start and do, and then maybe sell it or how, what was your thought process like? So I think that like, it's so interesting, the online world versus the offline world. Um, so I think in the online world, you can be really quick and you can make decisions and you can change kind of change your path as you go. Mm -hmm. But in this offline world, I mean, you know, I had to get a small business loan. I had to sign a lease I had to sign a franchise agreement. I mean, it was a lot of big commitments that I was making. So it was not a decision I can make lightly, nor that you can kind of be like, eh, in a year or two. So um, it was definitely a lot of financial models, a lot of soul searching, a lot of talking to people, um, because it definitely was a bigger, a bigger commitment, I would say. And then a lot of market research to try to figure out my local market, the need here, you know, and make sure that there was a demand for the service that I was going to be providing. Can you talk, you know, that's so fascinating. And so many people skip over this step is the market research. Like, is there really a need? Like, what do people here in this area want? Right. 
I mean, you'd be surprised. I'm. I would be surprised how di- how different it is for city to city. Yeah, and absolutely. I'm curious, what was your process like to do the market research? So I did a lot of competitive research to find out who else is here, the models that they have, any mm-hmm. kind of informal information that I could find, just about how they performed. You know, were people happy? Were they full? You know. Um, And then also Kidville did provide some demographic information as well um, Mm -hmm. about my market. Uh, And then a lot of informal polling as well, I would say. How did you do the informal polling? Um, Talking to moms that are in the market, right? That either have kids that are older and what they did when they were younger Mm -hmm. or, you know, were pregnant um, just to find out the price elasticity, try to find out the demand. Um, So a lot of that as well. And I think it's even easier now than seven years ago because there's so many like survey online tools out there that you could use, um, which I like to tell people about any model you're doing, whether it's franchise or not, you know, talking to people on the ground and finding out demand and doing research with people that you already know is one of the best ways to just figure out if they're, if your product is viable. I love that so much. And that's very interesting thought what you just said, really talking to people, like having conversations. Yes. And um, my friend, Ann Samoylev, I had her on uh, last year and she is a launch strategist and a launch coach. And she literally talks to three, four people a week, like people who are her target market, people who are entrepreneurs. And she talks to them about like, just just ha- just literally having conversation and things always come up and like oh i'm struggling with this i can't figure this out or this is how i'm feeling and that is gold stuff like right that is so gold and i'm going to be doing that soon too which is you know just hopping on skype calls with my my people like you yep. guys and just talking with you guys and not necessarily it's like it's not even like a sales call like so i can only imagine like hey would you want like your your kids to have different uh, activities and after school and and this well here you go buy buy this from me so it's not going to be like a sales call or anything like that it'll be more like information for for me and hopefully some insights for you so anjali this is very very anjali this is very very interesting so being having the two differences like have being a brick and mortar business and then mm-hmm. having an online business this is probably like a really bad question to ask and like put you uh, on the spot there but like if you would choose today like which one would you pursue oh um so i think that it's it's just a different type of entrepreneurship so it okay. depends on what you want so uh, you know in the brick and mortar it is amazing to be able to interact with customers on a daily basis yeah. and to kind of see live the impact that I'm making on these kids and these mm-hmm. moms' lives. Um, and there is something nice to be able to like go into a shop every day and, yeah. and you know, have something built and have a team of employees. Um, so that is very different than living in the online world where a lot of what you're doing is behind a screen. Sometimes it's a little more um, individual, yeah. right? Um, yeah. But, you know... There in the online world, like I said, you can change quickly. Things are a little more fast paced. Your investment not, isn't necessarily as much. Um, so it really depends on what kind of entrepreneur you are and what mm-hmm. kind of business it is that you're you're wanting to build. But, they both have pluses and minuses, right? Yes, and I love that you you answered in such a wise, intellectual way. I love that <laughs> so much. Okay. So you built this business. How did you start getting on TV? How did you, um, cause it's a part of uh, marketing and you've done it yeah. so well. How did you do it? 
So in the beginning, I did hire a PR person for a couple of months because I did not know at all what I was doing. Um, and so she really did help me to get on the first round of, let's say, TV shows, a couple of them. Um, and she also kind of showed me the ropes of how to position yourself for a segment um, because that's so important. Uh, and then she also did a couple of events for me, um, you know, to, to connect me with some influencers, which was very helpful. Um, but as a startup, it's really tough, um, you know, to a PR person is not, is not a cheap thing. Um, mm-hmm. So that was an investment I decided to take on my own. But after that um, you know, small commitment, I realized that I had kind of learned enough and I tried to glean as much as I could from her um, to start to be able to do it on my own. So then I, um, you know, started becoming familiar with who the producers are. I learned how to craft my own pitch. Um, and as you mentioned before, I would say I'm a hustler and like, I don't give up. So I would continue to pitch myself until I started to kind of become, um, become heard. Amazing. Okay. That is amazing. Okay. So you don't give up, you hustle, you continue to pitch, but what, how do you position yourself? What's the magic in positioning? So I think that you have to know that um, you have to have an idea of segment ideas that would be interesting to the average consumer. So you're not trying to be a commercial for yourself or your business because nobody's going to put you on for that. It's much more about you being on, providing value, valuable content, and then also being able to say at the end, like, oh, here is who I am and or my website. And so it's kind of like putting together blog post ideas, um, but, you know, you're putting together segment ideas in a two or three minute, um, you know, something that could be concise in a two to three minute segment um, that a producer and or a consumer would want to kind of see about. So how do you pitch that to, uh, I'm totally picking your brain on this, by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How do you pitch um, your different segments to a producer? So um, just so you know, I'm coming out with a course on this, like a mini, a mini course, because so many people ask me, um, and it isn't part of my bigger course, marketing on a shoestring budget, like how do you pitch yourself without hiring a PR person? So that that, stay tuned for that. But um, I would say that once you can find out who the relevant people are, think about what it is that you offer. For instance, with me, the modern mompreneur was my blog at the time and still kind of is that. Um, But I knew that the entrepreneurial side is much harder for like a morning TV show. They don't necessarily do a lot on the business side. So I stuck more to the mom side of things when I was pitching for any local morning show. And I start thinking about what the pain points are for moms and or seasonal things that are coming up. So Mother's Day, Father's Day, um, summer camp, and start thinking about different tips I could provide to moms um, about any of those topics. And then putting that together um, and kind of emailing that to a producer. So thinking about whatever it is your industry is, if it's cosmetics, um, if it's food, how do you look at holidays, seasonality, um, anything relevant going on in the world right now? And what are three to five tips that you could be providing to moms and or whoever that customer is um, and somehow integrating your product or service in a really subtle way into some of those tips is what I usually tell people. Yeah. Does that make sense? Absolutely. I mean, it's just really following the trend and the the season and, um, and obviously they put your name up on the screen and exactly. Some people completely fall in love with your personality and they're like, who is this woman? I want to check her out. And they Google you. I mean, it's, we live in such a beautiful, um, online world right now where people can just look you up by Googling you. 
Yeah, and I do. I do want to say, so yeah. if, if you are trying to pitch yourself though on TV, mm-hmm. um, you, it, it really helps to have some sort of on-camera experience for people yeah. to see. So um, even for me, I, I can't remember which I did first, but I'm pretty sure I did my YouTube channel first. But, um, you know, some of those videos I could at least direct producers to so they, they could see my on-camera experience and the fact that I'm not going to freeze when they kind of pan to me. So I also like to tell people that, that if you, you know, even if you start if you shoot a couple videos if nothing more to be able to show people your on-camera experience it's kind of a chicken and an egg otherwise they want to see your tv experience but if you've never been on tv how do you show that so i love that okay that's really really helpful okay so um Oh, that's so good. And do they prepare you? Like, do they say, okay, this is specifically what we're going to ask you? Do they do like a rundown? No, not really. So you need to have a good, and this is exactly why, like, I feel like it helps to just have a snippet, like a mini crash course for people on what to do, because you want to have your whole script kind of in your mind. But it's never going to go the way that you think it is. So you just need to know those five points that you're trying to get across. But you have to be able to think on your feet because the hosts, a lot of times they come up like literally 30 seconds before you're about to go on. And you want to make sure they know how to pronounce your name and they want you want to make sure that they know what your business is. But then it's kind of like action and you got to be able to think on your feet. Oh, oh my goodness. Okay, so this is another question. Okay, last question about TV. Yeah. And ladies, I hope you're enjoying this because this is really good stuff and you can integrate this with your handmade business because I see some handmade mamas here with your um, Nelly. I, I think, Nelly, you're from Malona Walls, right? Um, I mean, you're very active in Portland in the community. Like this is gold, ladies, seriously. And don't think that you're not ready for it right now. Like don't ever think that because – you're never ready. You're never ready to have a baby. You're never ready. Like, like seriously. So true. So just take action. Take those first steps. So, okay. Anjali, let's say, Anjali, please forgive me. Please forgive <laughs> me. Okay. I'm horrible with you. You keep correcting yourself. So it's good. I, I, I and I'm not, I don't even go back and edit this out. So ugh, shame on me. Anyway, so you mentioned that the host comes up on stage literally like right before you go live. So Mm -hmm. you might not even like have met the host before. That's right. How do you find the producer who to pitch to? So that can be a little bit harder. Uh, You know, LinkedIn is a good place to look. Mm -hmm. Uh, The credits after a show are a good place to look. Uh, And then you can usually find like the, sorry, (coughs) sorry, you can usually figure out what the email address is, um, whether it's like at fox5dc yes. or whatever it is.com. Yes, 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 yes. And then it literally is persistence. Like you just have to, and you know, through LinkedIn and other channels, you can figure out who knows who as well to maybe get an intro. But there have been several times that I have emailed four or five times before I ever hear back, you know, from somebody. So Very it's cool. not, it definitely is a time commitment, I would say. Okay, so so happy. And social media is another really good way to find people. Okay, uh, are you thinking maybe Twitter? Like, is Twitter good? Yeah, like Twitter, Instagram, starting to follow people, comment on things. That's another great way to be uh, heard or to reinforce once you've sent an email. um, If you start popping up in their feed as well, it's just another good way. That's so good. That is 
such a good tip. Yes. So, so good. Okay. Well, we're going to move on from the TV because, I mean, I can just like, I can just pick your brain all day long. Okay. So, and I'm, I'm sure that you have a very similar experience with, with getting to write for Washington Post, um, pitching yourself to speak, or is that a little bit different? Well, yeah, that's a little bit different. Are those the same? I think I'm a huge fan of networking. So um, yes. I think that you know that because I do a lot of content on networking yes. and how it's so important as a business owner to build your own personal brand, whether you're in the online world or the offline world. Uh, and so the post opportunity actually came from me networking and, and meeting somebody, um, an editor at a conference and then following up with her and continuing to follow up with her. Uh, and then, you know, having enough blog posts that show my writing style to then be able to write for the Washington post. But, um, Mm. that was just a matter of more in-person networking, which also can help you to get on local TV as well. Um, so yeah, that was more on that side. And I have to say that networking is huge. I mean, networking has completely transformed my business, like hands down. It's amazing. Yeah. And your tips on networking are so good. Like one of the hardest things for people to do is to come to an event. They force themselves. They put cute clothes on, the heels, you know, appropriate to whatever the event yeah. is. But then they never follow up. And you talk about this so much. Yes. And follow-up is key. But as an example, I was speaking at this event on Thursday in Greenville, and this amazing woman came up to me, and she's like, oh, I I followed you since you were in Portland. How amazing is that? Now we met, which is bizarre, right? Um, Amazing, yeah. And... And but she shared some of her insights, her story, and I was like, "Girl, we got to get you on the show!" Like, just because she came to the networking event and met me, and we talked about, you know, just what we believe in, our passions, and and our goals for life, like it automatically like triggered me. I'm like, "Oh my goodness, you'd be such a great guest!" And so, I think that. And so for her, how amazing, right? Now she's going to be on your show and like just because she came up to you and started talking to you and yeah, yeah. Exactly, exactly. exactly. And I think that for me, I had this trouble where I would go to a networking event or when I would meet someone, I would try really hard to present myself as an expert, present myself seriously and uh, how that I'm, you know, like smart and successful. But coming from that perspective, never ever helped me. And so it was until I started to be myself and treat everyone else as on the same level as I am or, you know, not, not on a pedestal because then you're, you're going to be fan, fangirling. Yes. Yeah. That really helps also. Anyway. Okay. So I want to talk about, um, your meetups. So people are coming to you asking you all this stuff. Like, how did you start your meetups? How did you organize them? How long have you been doing them? And how, how do you keep the momentum going? Yeah. So I think that my, my meetups are one of the, my favorite things that I do. Um, because again, there's nothing like being in person and in contact. Um, and so every month when I leave there, I am like on this high and everyone's coming up to me and telling me how inspired they are. Um, just to be in another, you know, a room full of people who are like them who are either trying to launch a business or are going through the challenges of running a business. Um, so it was really the same thing where I felt like, um, 
people were asking me, how do I do this? Or who do I talk to about this? And I realized that there was an opportunity to start bringing experts in. You know, sometimes it's me, sometimes it's not, um, to start to answer these questions. And so, and also just to have, you know, to be able to share resources and, and um, tips with one another. So I do it once a month and I, um, I always, I'm, I'm always polling my audience to ask them what the topics are that they're interested in hearing about. And that's how I really determine who my speakers are. Uh, and it's challenging the host live events. So in my mind, three or four years ago, I thought I'd be doing like conferences at this point and more panels and all this great stuff, which I think maybe one day I could do, but it's a lot of work um, to put on a live event, even something as small as a monthly meetup. So um, that is one of the things I would say to anybody who's thinking about doing it. Um, You know, it's just figuring out the venue, getting people to commit early um, because everyone is busy and they don't want to buy a ticket until the last minute, Um, figuring out your speaker and the logistics, you know, but um, it's been, it's been really great to be able to kind of connect with different mom entrepreneurs every month. Oh, that's amazing. Okay, so can we talk about charging people for events? Your events are always packed full. Always such incredible ladies there. So much, so much great value. So much energy. And you're right about like feeling so inspired and on such a high. So how did you... How were you able to just, you know, start charging and how did you come up with the price amount? The reason I'm asking is because when I started the meetup in Portland... It was it was full of mom entrepreneurs. It was absolutely amazing, but I was scared to death to charge for. Yeah. So, and I didn't charge for the first six months. It was free just to see if there was a demand. And since I had Kidville, I had a physical space. So I was able to bring people into my venue. It was a great marketing opportunity for my location wow, as well. Right. Um Yeah. So I was able to do that um, for free for about six months and figure out if there was even a demand in the market. Um, And then I was really terrified to charge for sure. Um, And even now I'm priced at, at $20 and I'm looking at like figuring out if I move to a monthly membership and or, you know, what I do now. Um, But definitely once I started charging, you know, I used to have, let's say, 50 people come and it dropped to like 20 or 25. Um, But I was okay with that because those 20 or 25 were serious women who were willing to invest a little bit, you know, to be able to connect with other serious women. Um, So I think uh, it's like everything else with business. You just kind of have to test and see. Um, And, you know, I provided food. So it wasn't just like you're paying to show up, but it was more you're having breakfast and a networking opportunity. Um, and then you just have to be kind of have a little bit of faith in the value that you're providing, mm-hmm. um, which I still, you know, I still have to remind myself of too. Um, so yeah. That is That's- such a good tip. Remind yourself of the value that you're providing. That is so good. And it's totally quotable. And if ladies, if uh, one of you can totally uh, post that in the comments, um, because I often ask myself, like, why am I even doing this? People are not even watching or people are not even listening or whatever it is. I mean, they're just, it's not even true. It's just made up stuff that your brain yep. is telling you. Just made up stuff. And and then we completely dis, disregard the value that we're adding. And so I love that you said that because yes. especially as mothers, you know, we're, we're doing so much and we always think that we're not enough. Like we're doing so much for the kids, not enough. You are enough, okay? That's it. The conversation about that is over. Okay, so 
love that you shared us with that, your awesome uh, meetup meetup techniques. But um, how did you get on the radar of all these people? Did you start it on meetup.com or um, do you use Eventbrite? What I use Eventbrite mm-hmm. and I actually have found people have found me through Eventbrite. Um, but also it, uh, you know, was a matter of me sharing with people who I knew were well connected and having them share with their networks. Uh, and also I'm involved in a couple of networking groups uh, for female entrepreneurs and kind of sharing on those channels. And now it's really become more word of mouth. Um, and I really have found, um, and I'm sure I think we're going to get into this, but so I don't know if I'm stealing thunder, but um, I have found that now that I am much more active on social media, I'm doing a weekly newsletter and it comes out the same day every single week. I am very consistent about kind of posting and I've launched this Facebook group and I've, you know, that um, a lot more now through these social media channels and online channels, people are finding me as well, which is very cool. I love that. And it's so funny because Facebook, I love that you did the Facebook group because what happened for me is I also created a Facebook group for my mompreneur community at that time. Mm-hmm. That was what it was called, you know, in Portland. And Facebook is so smart. They take and they see who are the women in the group, like where they're located. And then they push it to other women in Portland or in the, in the location who majority of the women are from, which is so fascinating. Yeah. And so some people found us, some moms found us through a Facebook group. They joined the Facebook group. Group, and then they joined our event, which they have, haven't ever heard of before you know, they joined the group, which is so fascinating. So, Yeah, because I, I have a page, The Modern Mompreneur, which yeah. I would post things on. But, you know, with AdWords and like yes. in Facebook, the way the algorithms are, it's harder without advertising through the yeah. page. But then now with this community, my Mompreneur tribe, um, it's much more interactive and people are more engaged. And then they are more willing to kind of invite other friends to come into the community as well. And that's where I post a lot of my events. Um, and it's a national group, but a lot of local people are on there as well. Yes. Yes. And it's a really great group. It's an intimate, very open-minded, very kind, sweet people in there. And, um, what, what is your secret to building such a beautiful and thriving community on Facebook? So I think that the first thing was to make sure it wasn't promotional. So, uh, you know, to be pretty upfront with everybody. And also I have to be cognizant of the, as well that like, it's not about pushing a ton of products and services. It's much more about being a resource for women to be able to collaborate with one another and ask questions. And so um, I try to be upfront with everyone who kind of joins the group that that is the point. Uh, and then in the beginning, it's, mu- it's a lot about me posting a lot of content and resources and continuing to kind of be in their feed so that it's a reminder that they are part of this group. So in the beginning, I feel like everything else, I was posting articles, posting resources, and it was like crickets chirping. And I'm like, why am I doing this? And then slowly people start to like the content and or I pose questions to the group um, to see, to get them to answer. I did a roll call where people could come, you know, everyone can introduce themselves. And now it's amazing. Someone will be like, I'm looking for a great graphic designer. Does anyone have any recommendations? Or I'm thinking about, you know, using this technology for XYZ. Has anybody used it? Um, And now it's become much more collaborative where people are corresponding with one another and kind of picking each other's brains, which is exactly, you know, what I wanted it to be. So it's great. Amazing. I seriously, I, I, I think so highly of you. Um, That's nice. Anjali, seriously, you're amazing. And, And the way that you've been able to 
keep everything, all the balls juggling is so incredible to me because I also had a group, but I had to close it. I could not do it. Like I could not do it. It's a lot of hard work. And I feel like we, ladies, we underestimate ourselves all the time. Like we're doing incredible, incredibly hard work. And I think that we need to give ourselves a little bit more credit. So Anjali, you're amazing. Okay, so I'm going to talk to you about balance, like what we all strive for, but um, somehow it's really hard to attain. You have such a beautiful family, two adorable Aww, boys. I I drool over the pictures when you post them because like you guys are such a cute family. And you know, I'm obsessed with Instagram and they get really annoyed, but they still will pose for the pictures. They're like, is this going on Instagram? I'm like, yes, it's going on Instagram. Yes, yes. exactly. <laughs> my, my boys ask me the same thing. And sometimes if I take like a really silly photo, my Sam is like, I'm like, look how cute it is. And he's kind of like, he doesn't know what to say. And I'm like, no, it's not going online. Just say it's cute. Like it's a cute photo. <laughs> this is for our memory. So, so I love that. Okay. So because the thing is mom entrepreneurs, so much going on. We have so many different passions. It's really easy to focus on the things that, you know, like the networking events, the building businesses. It's very easy to put the, you know, the family events, the family dinners, the family whatever activities on the back burner. And I, I commend and admire you so much for being able to juggle it. So now please tell me your secret, like. How? 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 <laughs> I don't necessarily have a secret, and I think I'm I still trying to figure. That. Out. Yeah, I mean, everyone says the same thing, right? Um, but I think for one, my boys are a little bit older now, so they're seven and nine. So during after I pick I pick them up from school every day, you know, when they're doing their homework and or their reading time, which we require every night, mm-hmm. I'm doing payroll sitting next to them and or I'm doing work with them right Um, and I do a lot of nights after they go to bed I would say um, and I do a lot of scheduling so I kind of try to schedule time for whatever it is Um, and I would also say having goals um, helps so one of my really big goals this year was to launch my coaching and also to build a following. And to do that, I know that there are certain things I have to do on a weekly basis to make that happen. So yeah. I think, um, you know, being clear on your short and long-term goals and then creating to-dos around them is also helpful. What are the resources? And I agree. It's, uh, goals are so important. Sometimes even writing them down is has so much power than not at all. Um, yeah. What, what are some of the resources that you use to plan those out, write down your goals? Yeah. So I'm not, I don't have as many, I think as I, as most people, um, but I do have a vision board that I created uh, and I did a great video on it. If anyone's list, you know, interested, cause I had a friend who is amazing and she's reached amazing goals as a result of her vision board. Uh, and so this was the first year I did it and it like sits literally in front of me at all times, just to remind me of some of the things that I'm trying to accomplish. Uh, And then I literally wrote down kind of the first Q1 goals that I had. And, you know, I met some of them and I didn't meet some of them. Mm -hmm. And I realized that I had to reevaluate. So I think it's just constantly looking back to that list and figuring out if I'm somewhat on track. Mm, I love that. It really does keep you on track. And sometimes, you know, we overestimate how much time we have or overestimate how awesome we are, maybe. Yeah. No, I mean, I think definitely I had I had one or two things that I definitely want to accomplish by this year, but I just realized that I don't have the bandwidth to do everything yeah. and I have to focus yeah. on one or two things instead of trying to do, you know, a million. 
Well, I'm still working on that one, but you know. (laughs) Yes, I love that so much, Anjali. You are such a sweetheart. Like this was so much fun. Like I learned so, so much from you. And unfortunately, we have to go. But can you please share with us where can we find you? Where can the mamas find you online? Yeah, so I'm at Anjvarma, A-N-J Varma on Instagram and Twitter. And um, it's my Facebook community is the is Mompreneur Tribe. So you just search that in Facebook. And on AnjaliVarma.com, you can find more about my coaching and um, some of my videos. Awesome. Thank you so much, Anjali. You're such a sweetheart. Thanks for having me. This was awesome. So wonderful to have you. Ladies, that was so amazing. And all the resources that Anjali mentioned, they're going to be on our blog on Wednesday. I know I haven't been super, super duper consistent with that. Sometimes they go up on Thursday, but that's the goal. Wednesday morning um, for the blog to be up with all the show notes, everything that Anjali mentioned, her video, which you can totally just, um, you you saw her name in the frame uh, previously or in the description above. Just write her name and then in YouTube, and you'll see that's one of her probably maybe like a couple months ago, maybe six, six-ish months ago, she posted the video about the um, the vision boards. And then she has so much great videos on there. And I love the way she comes across in video. She's very professional, very to the point. And sometimes I'm like, oh, I should be doing those videos too. And I'm thinking, I'm saying ums and uhs. And I go way off track so often that... I don't know how that's going to go. But anyway, thank you so much for being here and watching us live. If you watch the replay, thank you so much because I understand this is a lot of time investment for you. And if you love to watch the show, I know so many moms watch the show while folding laundry. Thank you so much. It's an honor to have you listen in and listen to the wisdom of incredible mom entrepreneurs. Again, thank you so much. I hope you will join us live next Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern right here on Facebook Live. I was your host, Vicky Lashenko, and this is the show that helps you win in business without losing at home. Thank you again so much for watching, and remember that you are absolutely amazing. I will talk to you later. Bye-bye.